Welcome back to the Remembering Ethan podcast. I'm Chris Tafoya. Today I speak with Caroline Gutierrez Goddard. And uh, just like Shelly Trujillo, whom I talked to a couple weeks ago, I've got nothing but great memories of Caroline showing up to shows and singing and laughing and dancing, having a good time. And her and Shelly together just entertaining everyone just as much as the band was. And, you know, talking to Caroline and Shelly and all of our mutual friends that I've been speaking with so far really reminds me that um, Ethan's personality and love for his friends was so strong that it still binds us together. You know, when I started talking to Caroline, it was as if though no time had passed. And even after we hung up, I thought about it. And, you know, he really was the glue that kept all of the people in his inner circle, not even his inner circle, just everyone that knew him, kept us all together and still does to this day. Um, those of you who knew Ethan or who are just listening to this, we're all connected and it's because of him. And uh, that was just a thought I had after speaking with Caroline, but it was really fun to talk to her and I appreciate her taking so much time out of her schedule to discuss Ethan with me. She really does have an interesting perspective uh, since they dated there for a quick minute and remained friends for so many years. So, uh, without further delay, here's my conversation with Caroline. I hope you enjoy it. Caroline! Hey, babe. How are you? What's shaking? I'm great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, it's so nice to see you. Uh, the people listening obviously can't see you like I can, but we're doing the video thing over Zoom. <laughs> and, um, you know, we were talking before I started recording this and seeing just seeing your face opens up like a whole other era of Phoenix that I'm trying to remember because it all gets kind of hazy, you know, with bleeding the band. <laughs> This gig that's guy. how you know it was a good time oh for sure yeah and there were just so many people so many friends and such a large circle of people um even when i wasn't playing with ethan you know we would run into I, there were times where you and shelly would show up to chris and randy shows and it was all kind yeah. of um you know homogenous everybody was just everywhere but it's so good to see you and thanks for taking the time to talk to me today uh, my absolute pleasure all right. Yeah. So before we get into Ethan, though, um, what have you been up to? You know, I haven't seen you for a while. What's going on in your life? Like 20 years. And what have I been up to in the last 20 years? <laughs> more like um, more like 10. I, well, I guess it's like 15 years, right? No, it's been a long time. Like I've been married for it'll be 13 or 14 years, 14 years this year. And it, I haven't seen you since before then. So it's been a while. But yeah, I'm I'm married. Um, I have three kids. They are amazing. And they started school yesterday, which is why my house is so quiet. Um, my son Chase is 10. Yeah, Chase is 10. Isla is eight and Everly is six. And um, as you know, as a parent, like it's wild. It is nothing like I thought it would be. And it's absolutely amazing. And I'm really happy my house is quiet right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have to wait a couple more weeks for that. My kids start on the 24th. Yeah. 
Noah's uh, four, she's going to go into more like a daycare pre-K sort of thing. And Caden's starting fourth uh -huh. grade. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to a little bit of peace and quiet around here. But I say that, but then when they're gone, you are so busy, right, that it flies by. And the next thing you know, there's the noise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Playing catch up on everything I didn't get to do over the summer. So you're still in Arizona. Cave, Cave Creek mm -hmm. on Facebook? It was on yeah, Facebook. I live um, like north scottsdale cave creek kind of between the two i always like the cave creek area and i'm assuming that you're not um going out on friday and saturday nights and watching cover bands that much anymore not much anymore no <laughs> but um jay allen plays up here quite a bit at jamie's cool. and um so and uh when ashley's in town she plays up here at um sure. uh, she plays at jamie's too a couple you know raven's nest a couple of places up here um, what was the name of that place um, on Tatum and Dynamite that you guys would play sometimes? I can't remember. I know what it's called now. I can't remember what it, what it was called back then. Um, God. You know, I have a hard time remembering the book. Like, I remember San Felipe's. I remember a place called Jillian's, Kokomo Joe's. Um, Kokomo Joe's. Was it That's Kokomo what it Joe's? was. Okay. Oh, it was Kokomo Joe's. Yeah. Oh, it's not there anymore. Yeah. So now it's um, just like a family restaurant. Pizza, mm -hmm. like a big pizza oven in the middle. So where the bar in the middle was where all the cougars would hang out, there's a pizza <laughs> oven. And I go in there with my kids now and I'm like looking around. <laughs> like if you only knew what used to go on in this place. There's a couple, there's it's a couple funny. skeletons in the back there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kokomo Joe's was a, fun, <laughs> that was a fun place to play. It was hit or miss. Some nights were good. Some nights were draining. But anytime you were playing with Ethan, it was always fun. You know? Always a fun time with him around, for sure. Oh, I know. Yeah, so, I have a great picture of, of him and I uh, up there one Halloween. Mm -hmm. And he has on, like, this crazy wig. And I needed to put together a last-minute costume. So I was a Freudian slip. <laughs> And it's just this really funny picture like this just describes Ethan like if he was playing he was such a great musician if he was playing like he could be carrying on a whole other conversation doing something completely different and not miss a note so I'm like taking like selfies with him he's making faces at the camera behind me and like it was it was really funny he was on stage in the middle of a song oh man it's one of my favorite pictures he was so good at that kind of stuff you know, yeah. and, and like you say, and keeping the song going too, but it was just so natural for him that he could, he could kind of goof around and improv a little bit. Mm -hmm. So um, let's start at the beginning then. Uh, how did you meet Ethan? Do you remember, do you remember that encounter? Shelly told me that you were with her when you guys met, but I'm curious to hear your take. Yes, on. I was. Shelly, Shelly and I had gone out together. Um, it was at Jilly's. I met a lot of people at Jilly's, including my husband eventually. Um, so I, I want to say it was like two and maybe like end of 2002, beginning of 2003 ish. And she and I just, we went up there one night. I think I was, I was seeing a guy who like on and off who had, I had never been there before. And he had told me about it. Like he really liked to go there. And Shelly and I were looking for something to do. We're like, well, let's check it out. It wasn't in our neighborhood. She and I lived um, in neighboring condos kind of near Arcadia. And um, 
so it was a bit of a hike for us, but we're like, yeah, whatever. So we drove up and Todd and Ethan were playing. They, it, cause it was a Sunday night and they did open mic night at Jilly's every Sunday. So it was Todd, Ethan, and this dude playing the bongos. Yeah, I remember which that. Which was incredibly <laughs> random. And I almost just described him as an old dude playing the bongos until I realized he's like the same age we are now. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> but like, this is interesting. Mike Hill and I were talking yeah. about that in our interview. Like, we're the old guys around the young musicians now. Okay, right? so the bongo player, Todd and Ethan are on stage. You girls Todd are and there. Ethan, yeah. And I don't remember a lot of details about about the night but eventually like we all got started talking and then um Shelly and I would sing with them together or separate um depending on you know who was up there um and I ended up like we met Ashley that way um I met my friend Anne that way like just tons and tons of people I met <laughs> I met another girl whose name I can't remember but she had beautiful red hair and she was from upstate New York too, like me. And um, I want to say Farah, but I don't know that that's right. Um, but she comes into play in a story. I can tell you later when we get to that point, okay. um, but it, like I met her up there and just like a ton of people and um, Tony and Ethan, not Tony, Todd and Ethan started telling us about Tate and how they played at Flickers every night. And they were talking, started talking about Alan and Tony. And then Shelly realized, wait a minute, I know Tony. And it turns out that Tony's mom and dad dated separately, obviously dated Tony's mom and dad respectively in high school. So like Shelly's mom dated Tony's dad and Shelly's dad dated Tony's mom, like back when they were in high school. So Shelly would just say that they were Mexican cousins. <laughs> I remember so after that. we found that out, she's like, oh, we have to go see them play at Flicka's because I want to I want to see Tony. I haven't seen him in years. So we would do Flicka's on Thursday nights and Jilly's on Sunday nights. And uh, yeah, our, our social lives just ended up starting to revolve around all the shenanigans that that went on with that um yeah so that's how we met very cool yeah it's very similar to Shelley's mm -hmm. recollection of it and, good uh, good I'm glad our memories match <laughs> <laughs> that would have been interesting if you both gave me like completely different stories on wildly you... different stories yeah. yeah and I'm sure when you saw Todd I mean did Todd and Ethan um, catch your attention right away? I mean, did you notice right away how Ethan was, or did, was it like a thing where as time went on, I mean, how exactly did you end up talking to him? I don't remember specifically, but I know where she and I would usually sit at the bar and where they would usually set up. So there wasn't a direct line of sight necessarily, but obviously you can hear them playing and, um, they always, they sound so beautifully together when their singing sounds just absolutely gorgeous together. They harmonize perfectly. Todd is a really good guitar player and you have Ethan on the bass. Um, you know, the bongo player would keep the beat, I guess, <laughs> yeah. but it always just sounded really nice. It was, it was um, acoustic. It was like an uh, MTV unplugged episode and they would just sing 
some popular songs, some songs that were a little more obscure, just like a really nice mix. So that definitely caught our attention. I don't remember how we started talking, but I'm sure it involved Ethan hitting on me. Okay, so that's how, <laughs> that's how that's where I was going. I was trying to jog your memory a little bit. Yeah, Shelly shared. Yeah, something yeah, I'm sure it involved that. Yeah. So I, I'll, I'll give you a hint and let's see if it jogs your memory, if you can remember the, the Patriot Act. Oh, You're, that that was later on, though. Oh, see, that she, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was later on. We had we had gone out a couple of times and he came to my house to pick me up. He came to my condo to pick me up. And I was reading. I had printed out the Patriot Act and I was reading it at the time I had. Um, what back then was an internet radio show. Now it would just be like another podcast, but um, sure. we were doing an episode on it. So this was during like the Bush Kerry era, the um, election had happened. The Patriot Act was coming out. It was like this a huge violation of constitutional rights. So I'm reading it and like highlighting it. And he knocks on my door. I let him in and he sees it sitting there. And he was like, are you seriously reading that i'm like yeah like, you might be my dream girl <laughs> like, yeah, that's not how it ended up but it was a good line he was yeah. full of good lines <laughs> he had a lot of good lines yeah but yeah that was that was a few dates in that was a few dates okay. in. that wasn't the first night yeah okay so you guys dated for a little while then a little bit like we only we only went out on probably three official dates um, but we became good friends, you know, and it wasn't when, when we decided we weren't going to be seeing each other romantically anymore. It really, it, it wasn't a big deal because I knew that I'd still see him all the time. We'd still be friends all the time. Like the only difference was that I wouldn't be, you know, giving him a kiss goodnight. Right. Everything, you know, like everything else was still going to be the same. So it was like, whatever. And he had plenty to keep him busy, if you know what I mean. So he wasn't going to be missing out. He wasn't going to be missing anything from me. So we, shouldn't, <laughs> we shouldn't feel bad for him. He, he was doing all I right. I know. No, but so. No, he actually, he called me to like, to like, quote unquote, break up with me. And, uh, and so we like, we talked about that and. Um, I hung up and then like two minutes later, he called me back and I was like, Oh, did you miss me already? Did you change your mind? And he started laughing and, but kind of stammering. So I think he probably meant to call oh, one of the no. other girls he was dating and <laughs> called me by accident. <laughs> that is hilarious, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> so what, so what's Ethan like on a date? I mean, what's it like to go on a date with Ethan Newman? Oh, no, we great time i think the first time we went out we went to zen 32 um and that was on like camelback and 32nd street yep, i doubt I remember that place. yeah but it was so funny i'd never been there before and he parked in back and we walked in like through the back entrance and having never been there before i was like oh wow he must know the people who own this place if we can go in this way <laughs> And he like totally played it up, but no, he was great to go out with because 
he was a wonderful conversationalist. Like yeah. he was incredibly well-read, you know, he, and he had a history degree, was really interested in current events and world politics and, and music and just like a, a Renaissance man, you know? Um, he wasn't a guy that like all they want to talk about is sports and don't have anything else to discuss in any depth. You know, he was just, he knew how to have a conversation. So we had wonderful days. So we went out for sushi that night. And then another time we went out, um, just to another like bar restaurant and hung out and they had these, like the conversation cards, um, on the table, like the get to know you conversation cards. So we had fun with those for a while. And I don't remember the third, I don't remember where we went the third time, but did Shelly tell you about the incident at Flicka's? I don't remember if you were there that night. I don't think so. No. What, what's the incident at Flicka's? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be good. I could tell. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> so, um, a couple of days before this, we had gone on our third date. And... I remember us having a conversation about like, what kind of relationship are you looking for? Are you even looking for a formal relationship or you know, casual, like whatever? Because after you go out with somebody like three times, you just want to, you kind of want to have that conversation. You don't need a commitment after three dates for, you know, for sure. But you kind of want to know, like, is this gonna, should I invest more time in this? So we had that conversation and agreed, no, let's just, we're having a good time. It's casual, whatever. So that Thursday, Shelly and I go to Flickas as usual. And the usual crowd was there, including the girl I mentioned earlier with the beautiful red hair okay. that I had met at Chili's. Okay. And I, I don't remember if that's her name, but for okay. the purposes we'll of this Farrah. story, we'll call yeah. her Farah. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so a couple of weeks earlier, I had seen her at, at Flicka's as well. And I went over to say hi to Ethan and the two of them were talking and they were standing like he was sitting down and she was standing in front of him pretty close to him. And they had a moment of meaningful eye contact. And I was like, oh. I wonder what's going on there. So fast forward to this night at Flicka's. <laughs> so she's there and like, you know, we're doing, we're all dancing, having a good time. And Farah and I are out on the dance floor together, right in front, right in front of Todd and Ethan and Alan and Tony's like tucked in the back, right? Playing the drums. And I don't know how it came up, but she said something about um, going out on a date with Ethan, I was like, Oh, honey, you should know that I've been, I've been dating Ethan and oh. Ethan is about three feet above us on the stage. And I look up at him and her face just turns white. And she's like, Oh my, like she's, I felt really bad because she was legitimately upset. And I was like, girl, you need to know. <laughs> and Ethan's oh. watching all of this go on. And I see the realization on his face as he sees what's going on. Right. And he's like, oh, my God. And he's and he just drops to the floor. 
He just like fell down Whoa. on the ground, laying down, <laughs> but he's still playing. He didn't miss a note. He's laying on the stage, like hiding. Todd starts cracking up. Alan knows what's going on. And Tony's just looking around like, where did everybody go? Like, what's the matter with Ethan? Is he okay? So Farah runs into the, the bathroom and her okay. friends like scurry after her, right? Yeah. Do you remember Elizabeth? Do you remember Elizabeth with like the long, like she had like dark, really dark hair. So there's this girl, Elizabeth, who used to hang around too, who loved drama. So she's watching all this going on. And as soon as she sees Farah run away from me, she must, you know, be like, Ooh, there's drama there. So she scurries over and says, you should know that Ethan's also seeing X, Y, Z, like rattles off like four other names. Oh, I was like, of course God. he is. <laughs> Of Horrible. course he is. Maybe don't tell that to Farah because she's upset enough. So I go, I followed her into the bathroom and her friends are giving me the evil eye. I'm like, look, I have nothing to do with this. We've been out maybe three times. You know, we're not sleeping together. I had no, we're not committed. Like it's nothing. And she's like, I've been dating him for six months, blah, blah, blah. And like the mascara is running down her face. And I was like, I'm, I'm really sorry. Like you should probably have a chat with him about that. <laughs> like I, I didn't know he was, you know, formally seeing anybody else. I, it wasn't like, you know, it didn't come up. We weren't at that point in right. our quote unquote relationship, you know? So so I come out of the bathroom and she comes out. I think she ended up, I don't remember if she confronted him and then left. Um, but so the gig wraps up and I wait around with a little smirk on my face for him to come down and he walks over and um, he's like, I never said I wasn't seeing anybody else. I'm like, I know I'm not your problem right now. <laughs> that pissed off redhead is your problem right now. So, um, I'm like, dude, whatever, we're fine. Um, yeah. are we still going to that party on Friday night? You told me about, he's like, yeah, if you still want to go, I'm like, yeah, totally. I'm down. So <laughs> I'm like, you need to talk to her though. So, but then like a couple of days after that is when I got the phone call about, I don't think we should see each other anymore. So I never got to go to that party. Right. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, That's but weird. just I will never forget the look on his face when he saw Thera <laughs> and I talking, and much it must have seemed like her, just her totally crestfallen. I really like my heart really did go out to her. I know Ethan, and I know his level of honesty, so I doubt he ever said to her, "We're committed. It's you and me, baby." You know, I think that like you know when you've been seeing somebody for a while, maybe she made that assumption, or maybe she just you know cared about him so much, which was easy to do, you know, but yeah. And I didn't really see her around anymore after that. I think she was at, <laughs> she was at a couple of after parties like that night. She was at the after party. Just, I, I didn't go to this. Um, but I heard after the fact, just like sobbing the whole time and, and, uh, but she got over it. I'm sure. Well, yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, I'll I'll just never forget that. And then just Elizabeth coming over and just like rattling off half a dozen names of other people. <laughs> oh man, that is a hilarious story, and it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, because 
like Shelly and I just started showing up to Flicka's because Tony was there and she, you know, she wanted, so I think he tried to, to keep his ladies like at separate gigs, oh, but definitely. that never works. Yeah. You know, it's not oh. like you're playing private events all the time. So, but I remember the guy who I was kind of seeing on and off who told me about Jilly's in the first place, like when Ethan and I started seeing each other, I mentioned it to him. He's like, Ethan, Ethan Newman. I'm like, yeah. From Jilly's. I'm like, yeah. And he just gives me a look. He's like, girl, be careful. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then I found out what he meant. So, but no, it was fine. It was funny. It was a, you know what, in my life, I, my thing is if I get a good story about it, there you go. It's worth it. You know, if you get a yeah. funny story about it, it's worth it. Dude, and it's not Ethan's fault. Did you see those dimples? I mean, come on. I know. And those eyes. He was so, <laughs> oh well, my he was God. just so sweet. Yeah. He, he had did. that thing where he knew how to make you feel like the only person in the room. Yeah. When he yeah. was talking to you, you know, especially if you were like both interested in whatever subject was happening, like he would listen really intently to you. He was actually listening to you. He wasn't waiting for his turn to talk. Right. No, that's a good so, yeah. A lot of people do mm -hmm. that. They wait for their turn. And Ethan was yeah. soaking up what you were saying. So you and yeah. you, you and Shelly, or even just you on your own, you, I mean, you guys saw Ethan perform a whole bunch for the, for the mm -hmm. era or the Ethan era that you spent time with him. Um, what were your favorite bands to see him in or favorite shows to catch? I love, honestly, I loved it when you guys played. I thought of you last month, actually. Um, something reminded me of one of your songs and I was going to post on your Facebook page, but I didn't know your level of appropriateness. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it depends on the post. What was I it? loved it when they played with Mike Mercier and with Mike Mercier. Because, yeah. um, you know, every... God, I mean, I think he was in like four or five different bands just during that era. And everyone had such a different vibe, you know. Um, and when they would play with Mike, it was just like a totally different vibe. And he has this energy like, uh, yeah, just really amazing that I would I remember like seeing the look on Ethan's face when Mike would hit a high note uh -huh. and just, you know, somebody, a musician of Ethan's caliber being so impressed by somebody else's technical skills was just it was just cool to see yeah I like that little iteration but it's hard to like name a specific band because they all kind of blended in you know sure. it was it was all the same people in different you know different combinations right and then Steph was it Stefan who would play the trumpet yeah like yep. he would come on during like they would do a cover of a cake song and Stefan would come up with the trumpet and everything yeah it was just really just some really unique sounds and um for for the area and the the kind of music that they were playing like for cover bands to have just oh this is our buddy who happens to play the trumpet and he's gonna hop on stage with us for a while like <laughs> you're like what but it worked it always worked yeah you know Stefan was a um friend of Ethan's from like middle school or something like that I think yeah and I'm actually yeah. gonna talk to him pretty soon and I'm looking forward to that conversation because I bet he's got a lot of memories and stories of you know 
a young Ethan running around with Metallica t-shirts on, you know, so. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah. Any, any, uh, you know, formation of group or band, or even if he was just playing a, a, an acoustic guitar by himself, it was awesome to see him. So I can see how it would be hard to peg down any particular project that he did, you know. Yeah. About how long did you guys uh, go out to see? I mean, was it like over a five-year span, a six-year span, seven? Yeah, I want to say, I mean, uh, we were still going to see him play like um, after Kai and I got married and we got married in 2008. And I think I met Ethan in like 2002. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was a while. Like I have pictures of us all up in Sedona with like a little baby Nash, like Melissa and Tony's yeah. oldest, um, uh-huh. you know, just, and he was, he was just a great guy. Like I would walk in to a gig with Kai and he would start playing. Um, Kai was a race car driver. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who don't know me, my husband is actually a race car driver. I remember that. Um, and I remember hearing yeah. him do that. Yeah, Kaya's race yeah. car driver. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. That's so funny. And then so now you said that you would sing with Ethan sometimes. Are you are you musically uh-huh. inclined as well? I mean, is that something that you pursue at all? Yeah, no, I mean, I was a performer in my younger years and I was a model and I actually love to sing. Um, I never did it professionally by any means, but I love it. So now I put on amazing concerts in the shower and in the car. <laughs> Right yeah. on. You should start my recording. Kids, my kids love start it. Recording those. I should. You know, my daughter, one of my daughters always asks me, Mommy, why don't you do that for a job if you love to do it? Because I always tell them when you grow up, you can do anything you want to do. Just pick something you really love to do. She's like, Mommy, if you love that, why don't you do it? I'm like, I think that ship has probably sailed at this point. But some things you could just do because you like them. But, you know, it's it. that's one of the reasons why I appreciated him so much because um, I've always loved to sing, but I, <laughs> I had a ridiculous traumatic childhood incident where my mom and my sister laughed at me singing a Stevie Nicks song when I was like little, like probably like f- four or five years old. So I was always like pretty shy about it. And then in high school, I kind of came out of it and, and performed. And then um, I don't know, like I, it just got away from me again. And then I always was really I didn't really have a whole lot of confidence about it. And Shelly and I became friends and she has an incredible voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and she started bringing, bringing, you know, bringing it out in me again, bringing out that, that love of performing. And, um, but Ethan made it so comfortable for me to, to get up there and sing with them. So, um, and then if he wasn't there, I would sing with Todd. Todd was, you know, great at that too. It was just, you know, we were good friends and they were great musicians and they were very generous. Um, I didn't know anything about like key changes or chord progressions or anything. So they would take care of that to make me sound good. (laughs) But, um, you know, if I was with Shelly, like we had, we had a couple of songs in our repertoire that we would always sing, um, We'd sing Outcast, Hey Ya, and we would sing that. Maroon 5. That. Yeah, we'd sing Maroon 5, Harder That's to right. Play. I'm remembering Next, that too Yeah, now. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I remember that. You'd get up with tape. Yeah. Like, da-na, da-na, yes, exactly. Da-na, and we'd go. shake it like a Polaroid yeah, picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I can't One believe I forgot that. I was that. doing that, and I was uh-huh. wearing like this low-cut um, tank top. <laughs> oh, no. And I was shaking it. 
and my my boob popped out of my shirt. Oh no, Janet Jackson! In front of like, in front of yeah, in front of God and everybody. And I hopped off the stage, and this guy comes over to like high five me, and I was like, ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> That was kind of leading to my next question. You know, did he ever like inspire you to do more music or like put the bug in you to try and, you know, pursue it a little bit more, but it sounds like um, he just made you comfortable enough to at gigs to get up and do a couple songs. And I bet that was fun for yeah. you. if It wasn't something that you did often, you know, I loved it. I yeah. absolutely loved it. I yeah. think, you know, the, the lifestyle that I had, like I started traveling for work quite a bit and it just wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been able to gig because I was usually gone on weekends. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I still love doing it. I sound great in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, you need to record it, you know? Yeah. Um, so like off the stage, you know, after you guys had sort of dated a little bit and just became friends, I mean, did did you keep in touch a lot? Did you spend a lot of time together off the stage or just hanging out? Or was it mostly around gigs before, after gigs? It was usually gig oriented, but uh -huh. we would hang out before and after gigs. And like, we went up to Sedona and, you know, did that whole thing. And he was, he was with Ashley at that point. Um, but yeah, like we, he wouldn't, you know, call me up and be like, Hey, let's go hiking. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like that, but. A lot of people I talk to too also have like um, like an influence or a lesson or something that they took away from just being around Ethan. Like they pick up his either his mannerisms, especially musicians on the stage. You know, he was so mm -hmm. good at orchestrating the band that I think we all learned a lot from him musically, uh, whether it was with our instrument or how to perform or you know that type of thing. But can you think of any like influence or or lessons or anything like that that you took away from being around him? It was getting that confidence back on stage. So even though I didn't end up, you know, pursuing it at a, on a professional level, um, that confidence definitely carried over into other parts on my, in my life. You know, I, I became a professional presenter. So I would, you know, go up and give talks on like product presentations and things like that in front of, in front of large audiences and um, doing something as scary as, singing a, a song with your boob popping out of your shirt like if you can get out if you can get through that you can you can get through a talk on what the latest lexus looks like so um yeah i mean i would definitely definitely credit him with that and his generosity of spirit the way he was just um willing to help anyone out if yeah. if you needed it in, in any way. He was very much like that. Like I said, when I was on stage with him, like he would handle key changes. He would handle, you know, all the, any, anything like that. If, if I was off key, he would change his key to cover for it. Yeah. Or he would come in in a harmony as a reminder to, to kind of like go up or down. Right. that's you know just a small small example but he as a musician he was obviously very generous but as a person just that generosity of spirit of um unless you were a real asshole like lifting people up instead of dragging them down because he had the confidence in himself to be able to do that i find that it's the people who <clears throat> excuse me the people 
who don't have that confidence, who are dragging others down when they can, because it makes, I don't know if they think it, it makes them look better or what, but um, it's actually the opposite. And he, and he had that, he was always boosting others up and paying other people compliments. And as wonderful as a musician as he was, he was always saying, wow, that guy is so great. This girl has such an amazing voice. This person is such a great player. Um, I remember being at a gig in Tempe with him. Um, he wasn't playing, but he's like, you have to come see this guy play so good. And I don't, unfortunately don't remember his name, but, um, he was a pianist and he had like sort of a Ben folds five, but a little jazzier and more upbeat, maybe like a cross between Ben folds and Billy Joel kind of thing. And he was amazing. And, um, Ethan was just standing there, like just totally wrapped up in the performance. And he was just like, this guy is incredible. I can't imagine being able to play something like that. I thought that was really cool to hear from another musician. You know, there was no ego involved in that aspect of his personality. No, there really wasn't. And you were right. You know, anytime that you would try to uh, compliment him, he'd say, no, no, man, it's all you. It's all you. He would deflect. Yeah, yeah, he would. And I don't know yeah. if it's because he was uncomfortable accepting it or if he just genuinely felt as if though. Or maybe maybe he was he just wanted to give other people good energy. I'm not sure, but it definitely was part of his personality. You know, he was just really good at and, you know, any of his friends that he had, he would talk them up, you know, and he would make have you got to go see this guy play or you got to watch this, you know, hear this song or he's always promoting his friends. Yeah. Yeah. He was really good at that. Did you ever like um, confide in him with, because like me personally, if I was bummed, I I knew if I could get a hold of Ethan, I'd feel better instantly. So did you ever like confide in him with any struggles in your life? Did he ever help you with that kind of thing? Or was that? I think, yeah, I like my, my dad was, diagnosed with cancer in that time period. Mm -hmm. And I remember calling him after I got off the phone with my mom and kind of telling him about that. And he, he was like super comforting. Um, but he was also just the kind of person that even if he, even if you didn't tell him what was going on, you knew if you were around him, you'd feel better just because of his energy. So you could kind of like, Oh gosh, I sound like an energy leech, <laughs> but like, you know, like, Oh, I'm really bummed out. I kind of don't feel like going out tonight. You know what? I think I will. Cause I'll get that boost. And you did. He was just such a happy, positive person. He was like a, a Muppet. He was like a Muppet. You know, <laughs> it's so funny you say that because the, I have lots of memories of sitting around his house at two in the morning, pretty buzzed watching the Muppets. <laughs> with him <laughs> he loved the muppets he had all these muppet dvds and that was yeah. part of yeah we'd be partying and he'd put like muppet dvds on <laughs> it was like on that huge tv that you'd have to wait oh like 45 minutes for it to turn on yeah it would have to warm up and it had like those three colorful lights at the front of it that would yeah, like oh yeah project onto oh the God. screen and it was like uh-huh I don't even know how how wide and deep, and it must have come out like in the early '80s or something. That television he had, it was huge. <laughs> it was huge, and it wasn't flat. It was like deep too. It took up half yeah. the room. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of my memories are the Muppets on that crazy old TV, and then he had it hooked as stereo, and he'd crank a stereo all the way up, and 
Yeah, uh-huh. it was so fun. You know, one of the funniest things for me was his mannerisms. You know, and the and the looks he would get on his face and his dimples and his bright. Do you have any mannerisms or Ethanisms sayings that you remember that were your favorite? Um, how he you know he would play his bass like upside down and backwards, right? Right. Because he know. was left-handed, but he would play a right-handed bass. Yeah. Or do I have it the other way around? Oh, you got it right. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um no, I just remember like the Muppet expressions on his face. Yeah. Just like, and the dimples, you know, just like that really big, that, that big, it was just, gosh, even when he was mad, he looked like a Muppets character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just did. like his face just had so much character. His expressions just held so much character. Yeah. And, you know, we'd get into conversations and about, we love talking about politics and current events. And he would get like, he'd get like super worked up and super animated. And um, because he had a history degree, he was really great at kind of like connecting the dots of, of how what was happening during that era was connected to things that happened 50 years ago and how they would be connected to things that are actually happening now that, that he was right about. So, um, yeah, yeah. You know, um, one of the things that I really love talking to people about is just hearing stories about Ethan and memories about him that I wasn't around for, you know, and then, and what's surprising to me, cause you're the seventh person I've talked to. And I guess it's not surprising. I should have known this, but when, when you're the only person, you know, talking to Ethan or interacting with him, I mean, you're not around when he's interacting with other people, you know, you don't know if he's that, if he's that way consistently or if he's that way with every single yeah. And it seems so far that he just across the board was just so special and kind to people. Like, what did you notice about how he treated people that were around him? You know, if he wasn't talking to He him was him. very, yeah, he was very genuine. And very sincere. So you can tell, like, you know, we, we live in Scottsdale and you know the stereotypical Scottsdale guy, right? Trying to fake it till they make it and most of them never make it. So it's constantly faking. But he wasn't like that, you know? He's like, look, this is my life. This is who I am. These are my beliefs. I'm a musician. I'm never going to be a millionaire. He's like, I almost became a rock star like six times. It didn't happen. I'm perfectly happy with, you know, who I am and what I'm doing. And, and yeah, he was just, you always knew where you stood with him, but he was always diplomatic too. Yeah. Like if he didn't like you, he would still, you know, he would still be polite. Like he wouldn't be a dick to you unless he really, really, really didn't like you or, you know, third shot of the night. But <laughs> yeah, that but, was um, the other, yeah, that would take the filters off pretty quick. <laughs> I just, when you said, when you reminded me about Scottsdale, I was just wondering if you remember that song, that Scottsdale song that he had about the guys in Scottsdale. Do you remember that song? No. He wrote uh-uh. the song and oh my gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to start talk. I'm going to start asking everybody that I talk to now. Cause the, the memory just came back to me. He wrote this song about Scottsdale. Uh, I don't know people in general, just, you know, like the air of superiority or whatever. And I think it was like a country song and it was so freaking hilarious. 
and he would he would play it every time you know that he was especially when he was in Scottsdale because he loved to get you know agitate people sometimes and he'd play this like Scottsdale uh-huh. stuck up people song um I'm gonna try to find it somewhere and if I ever do I'll play it for you but I was just wondering if you remember yeah that. Yeah, he could get away with stuff like that, you know, and like I could just imagine like half the people who he was talking about would sit there and be like, oh, oh, oh the song is so funny. It's totally not about us <laughs> right. when it was totally about them. <laughs> but he was so good natured. He could get away with stuff like that. What about like um, music or books or movies, stuff like that? Did he turn you on to because he turned me on to a ton of music. Did he do that for you? Yeah. Too? I actually, one of the proudest moments of my life was me turning him on to new music. Oh. And what was that? Yeah. Jeff Buckley. Oh, Jeff Buckley's awesome. Yeah. So we were, you know, we were at my place and I had it on and he was like, who is this? This is amazing. And I couldn't believe, what, are you still there? Yeah. There yeah. you are. Um, we were at my place and I had it on and um, he was like, who is this? This is amazing. I couldn't believe that he had never heard of Jeff Buckley. Um, You know, somebody who knew like literally you could just name any song and he'd be like, Oh yeah, I can play that. So I was like shocked that, that he didn't know. I'm like, Oh, so I told him all about him and like who he was and who his dad was and how he died and, and all of that. And, um, so I burned him a CD. So for the kids who are listening, this is long before Spotify. So yeah, <laughs> and no I couldn't fun. just like ask Alexa to play more music for him. So I burned him a CD and the next time I saw him, I gave it to him. And um, the time after that, that I saw him, he was like, oh my God, I can't believe I had never listened to this guy before. He's incredible. He's, I'm like, yeah, he's a great guitar player, right? He's like, oh, and his voice, like he sounds like an Angel, thank you so much. And I was just so proud of myself. I'm like, oh, I introduced him to new music. That's so cool. And this was, you know, before like this was before Hallelujah was played like during every sad TV show, you know. So it wasn't it wasn't out. Yeah. So you hipped him to it before uh, it got popular. Yeah. That's cool. Um, you know, like if you were to if you were to close your eyes and picture Ethan right now. What do you see? Like, what, what's he look like to you? Or what, what's on his face? Or what's he doing? When you think about him. He's looking at, he's looking through a telescope in the middle of the street. Yeah. I uh, think this was probably after our third date. Um, I had parked at his house and we went, we went back there so I could get my car and he's like, I want to show you something. And he ran inside and he came back like lugging this huge professional telescope and he sets it up legitimately like right in the middle of his street in front of the house. And he's like, look here. And he's, he's having me look through it and pointing out all of these different constellations. And it was really amazing. It, I knew he was very interested in astronomy, mm-hmm. but to see that in action, like to see somebody explaining something they're so passionate about um, was really cool. And that's, you know, that's just another aspect of his personality. He was, I mean, it sounds kind of corny, but he really was kind of a Renaissance man. Like all of his interests were so varied, but he knew so much about all of them. It wasn't a superficial interest in, you know, 20 different things. 
right. when he was interested in something, he absorbed it. Like he was a, he was a very intelligent guy and he just had a really deep level of knowledge about the things he loved. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I, and that's, you know, that's what I remember other than, you know, seeing him on stage, obviously we all have those great memories of him, but seeing those other times of excitement of the other things that, that got him excited. Yeah. When he would introduce me to like a new band or a book or a movie or something like that, I loved watching his face because he'd be so excited and anticipated for me to see what he was about to show me in his dimples. Cause he wanted you to love it as much as he did. Yeah. He wanted to share that feeling. Yes, dude. And when you did, and you always did, cause he had the, he knew the coolest mm-hmm. stuff. He would just light up and just be so happy. And do you, you know, do you remember like the last time you saw him play or like the last conversation you had with him or last time you interacted with him? Do you remember any of that? The last time I, yeah, the last time I saw him play was at Jamie's up in Cave Creek. And I was with Liz Malpas and he walked up to us and he's like, you guys look like you weigh 125 pounds between the two of you. And that's like the (laughs) nicest thing you could say to a woman. I was like, Oh, Ethan, go on. (laughs) And I didn't, I didn't get to say goodbye to him that night. I think he left without saying goodbye. And I remember being a little miffed about that. Um, But then I didn't see him again until Asia's memorial service. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was, pregnant at that point so like we we went it was at I think it was at the living room in uh DC ranch and you know I hadn't seen him in a while and um I'm like everyone's gonna think I'm fat and not pregnant because I wasn't I was only like sec- eh. I I if you looked at me you'd think I was fat and not pregnant put it that way it wasn't at the stage where I had a big bump yet I was definitely bloated So, you know, I went to talk to him and express my condolences and give him a hug. And he's like, I heard you have two kids now. I'm like, I rub my tongue. I'm like three. He's like, oh, good. I was hoping you didn't eat too many fries. (laughs) You suck. But but yeah, I mean, that was the last time that was actually the last time I saw him at at Asia's Memorial. So, um, you know, that was several years before he passed away. So I never I never got to meet um, Kristen or, or anything like that, unfortunately, but I know for, um, for him to, I was shocked that he got married to anyone in the first place. I was really surprised when he and Asia got married. Um, not anything to having to do with her just because I knew, you know, I knew him. Um, but so I know I have, I've never met Kristen, but, um, I know she must be pretty, pretty special for him to, to do that again. He called me like as soon as he met her, and was just going on and on, you know, oh, I met this pretty blonde and she can sing and oh, I'm head over heels. And then, you know, when they got married and, you know, he would always update me on her. And I never, I didn't meet her while he was alive. But unfortunately, the way we met was Randy called me and told me that he saw on Facebook that Ethan was in the ICU somewhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, I instantly freaked out, you know, I was like, oh my God, what do you mean, dude? You know, and so I call somehow I got a hold of her on Facebook to find out what was going on and then you know my wife works in an ICU so I connected my wife and Kirsten and they and my wife was like kind of translating the doctor speak for her and kind of like 
you know, monitoring Ethan's uh, mm -hmm. progress and stuff like that. And then after he passed away, I got to know her pretty well. You know, we would, we would still talk and stuff. And that was a healing thing for me to kind of talk to mm -hmm. him through her kind of thing. But yeah, Kirsten's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Um, I found out I had gotten a phone call from Liz uh -huh. and um, she said that she had just gotten off the phone um, with somebody else who told her that um, he was in the ICU and that they were moving him to hospice that day. Mm. And we, neither she nor I knew he was sick. I guess he didn't really want anyone to know that he was in the hospital or, or right. he wanted as few people as possible to know. And as I was on the phone with her, she got a text saying that he had passed. So it was like, it was shocking. He's one of those people. He was just so full of life that you can't imagine the world without him in it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. Of course, dude. It was a huge shock and, and just so sad, you know, when it happened. Yeah. You know, since it since it had been a long time since you'd like seen him or spoken to him, if you had one more chance to talk to him, what do you think you'd say to him? Thank you. Because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be sitting here in this house with my three children, with my one, you know, this life and, and my family. Um, I met my husband at Jilly's and I, I wouldn't have kept going to Jilly's if he hadn't made it such a, a good time. In fact, he wasn't there that night that I met Kai. Todd, I think Todd was there and Jay Allen. Um, but Ethan was, I want to say he was in Paris. Oh, that was another cool thing about him. He was really well-traveled. Like he had done USO tours and he, you know, if he had the chance, he would just like pick up and go. So I think he was in France um, at that point. But yeah, like I met my husband that night on a random Sunday night at Jilly's. And the only reason Shelly and I were there is because we loved going to open mic night with Todd and Ethan. So it just became, it became a habit every Sunday night. This is where we're going. So yeah, I would say thank you for my, my life. I have a really nice life and it's, you know, in a roundabout way due to him. In fact, the night I met Kai, when he walked into you have something to do with this too. The night he walked in, Shelly's like, look at that guy. I'm like, she's, she's like, he looks like Chris Tafoya. I'm like, yeah, he does. He's really cute. <laughs> but do you remember we used to say like, when I introduced you to him, you guys were like, it was like that Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other. <laughs> I do remember all that. Yeah. I remember yeah. being compared to Kai here and there. Yeah. We kind of have yeah. the same face structure and I think he had a little uh -huh. bit of facial hair and I was sporting my he little did, and he had like the sideburns and stuff yeah right. <laughs> yeah I think we did have some similarities but that is that is so cool what a special thing you know just so many serendipitous things happened when you were around Ethan you know yeah so, uh, yeah thanks would be a good thing to say to him well mm -hmm. Caroline I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today uh Man, you just had me rolling this whole time, and and this is why I'm doing this. You know, I love hearing stories about him and just how he was with other people and things he'd say and faces he'd make and just all those little things. I mean, when I was with him, I would just soak him up 
you know, and, and it's mm-hmm. weird because I don't usually do that with people. Like, you know, when someone passes away, you try, you think back and you try to think of them in the most favorable, favorable way possible or, you know, but I mean, it's been very rare throughout my life that when I'm actually in the presence of a person, I'm appreciating them at the same time. I mean, yeah. that, obviously that goes to you know, from my wife and my children and my family, you know, I, I do appreciate their presence, but there was something about Ethan. I would just study him and just be fascinated by his ability to, you know, perform, to talk, to communicate, to do a handstand, to, you know, <laughs> his spontaneity. All at the his, same time. <laughs> all at the same time, dude. And it yeah. was just like, you know, he was such a, just a trip and an extraordinary person. So I appreciate you sharing your thoughts and memories. And if any come back to you, you know, if after this conversation or if you're listening to this, podcast series and something comes to you please reach out to me i'm telling everyone i'm talking to because there's just absolutely no way in one hour to cover all that is ethan you know yeah yeah absolutely i will and thank you for having me it's been so nice to have that outlet where you can talk about all those wonderful times and the wonderful person that he was and this is a, a great way to honor him you know they say that when, when somebody dies, they actually die two deaths. The first is their actual physical death. And the second time is the last time somebody says your name out loud. The last time somebody speaks mm-hmm. your name out loud. Because after that, it's, it's like you're forgotten. Yeah. And he is not somebody who can be forgotten. No way. And I'm, I'm hoping that yeah. by, you know, recording these episodes and these conversations that he can live on as long as possible because he deserves it. Absolutely. The people who never got to meet him deserve to hear just how awesome he was. <laughs> you know, he was just such a Let's cool do a documentary. Let's, Let's do, do a it. Documentary dude. About him. Okay. You get, <laughs> you get everything set up and I'll put my name on it. How's that? I will 100%. Thank you so much. It was so great to see you and let's keep keeping in touch. I I love uh, staying up to date, especially with the recent stuff going on with you on Facebook, but nothing for those of you listening, (laughs) you know, there's no major crisis in her life necessarily yet, but um, just being able to like stay in touch on the social media stuff is awesome. And that's one thing that's good. We were talking earlier, how your husband's like, Oh, it's a, it's the decline of our civilization. And that may be true and probably, mm-hmm. but it is nice to peripherally kind of keep up with those people in your life that you knew and know. And I really do mm-hmm. enjoy keeping up with you. So let's, let's keep keeping it up. Absolutely, babe. Okay. Great to see you. We'll talk soon. Got it. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. That was such a fun conversation and a true celebration of Ethan's life and friendship with Caroline over the years and the huge influence that he had on her life. Ever since my conversation with Jay Poole recently, I've been thinking about the last project that Ethan and I worked on together, which was a concept album called Long White Line. Um, And he and I came up with the idea and We're working on it for 15 years or so. I think it was in 2005 when uh, we first discussed it and came up with the idea for the album. And um, I just remember that it was so much fun. And talking to Jay, it reminded me how 
Ethan was so good at suggesting uh, additions or changes to arrangements or, you know, just altering a song in a way that really helped the song sound better and have more of an impact. If you'd like to listen to the album, it's available on all streaming services, or you can pick up a copy at Christofoya.com. This particular song is called Denial, and Ethan wrote the uh, breakdown uh, towards the middle end of the song. And it features Mike Hill on drums, Ethan on bass, me on rhythm guitar vocals, and Jay Paul on lead guitar. Don't forget to join me next week where my guest will be Matt Henderson, who's known Ethan just about as long as I have and uh, performed with him in a few different projects over the years. It's a great conversation and I think you'll enjoy it. So thanks for joining me today. We'll see you soon.